Hi and uh, hello wherever you're joining us from today. My name's John O. So glad you can join us for Church Online together on this uh, Father's Day 2021. So great that we can be together. I want to talk today about dads and uh, kind of like the topic gets given to you on such a day, isn't it? And dads play such a vital role in our society. And as Christians, we can look to the Bible um, to see dads who, who followed God passionately, loved their kids and wanted what is best for their family. So today being Father's Day, like I said, why don't we dive into the Bible together and spend a few minutes looking at a great story. And it's it's a story that, you know, we can see in it the great role that dads play in our lives. And even if you're not even if you're not a dad, I'd encourage you to hang around because, you know, there's a place for everyone in God's kingdom, in his family. And we're going to explore that today. We're not going to, I'm not going to just talk to dads, but going to focus, hone in on dads a little bit, but encourage you to stick with it today. So we're going to turn to the book of Samuel in the Bible. It's one of the earlier books. And so if you've got your Bible there, you might um, look up the index or you can app on your phone. And uh, we're going to read about a wife and a mum. Her name is Hannah. And a, han- a husband and a dad, and his name is Elkanah. And for this Christian family, after years of struggling to conceive and wondering if a child was going to come along, the birth of their son Samuel is, in their hearts, seen as a miracle. And we're told a couple of things about this dad, Elkanah, uh, that helps paint the picture of how he chose to follow God and how this shaped not only his life, but it shaped the life of his kids and, and his wife and all those people close to him. So why don't we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 1.3. And it says to us, Year after year, this man, Elkanah, went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh where the two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. First of all, we just see this is an incredible man of worship. He loves God. You know, it may not be something that we're used to doing, travelling off and worshipping in a temple, but what it's trying to get the point across here is this was a habit. This was a routine and this was something um, Elkanah was passionate about. It shaped his life, worship for God. I'll speak for myself as a dad of two teenage kids. Oftentimes, I think the battle that we need to enter into and perhaps struggle with as parents of young kids is that, is that tension and that struggle of just not letting time with God be squashed out of our, out of our day, out of our routine. To stop and be still and to let our hearts hear from God and to maybe dedicate our day to God, to pray for our kids and, and consider and ask the question, God, how can I love my kids well? How can I lead my family well? With all that you've given to me, God, would you help me do this? Because this incredible thing happens with like time with God changes us. It, it pours in joy and fulfilment and purpose that we certainly need as dads. And don't we all know that what happens in our hearts so often spills out, whether we want it to or not, spills out and impacts the people around us. And when we spend time with God, great things come out of us. And like it's just like a fountain spills out into the onto the lives of the people around us, including our children. 
I remember going to a day for pastors and they were talking about uh, what you'd probably say spiritual disciplines or habits. And they were talking about reading the Bible. And this one person who was up the front was trying to make a good point, but it kind of didn't, it came across a little clunky because they, they were talking about a preacher from the 1700s who was well known for spending four hours a day in prayer. And a lot of that was on horseback. And all I can remember is sitting there just going, four hours a day and I've got to get myself a horse. Anyway, I want to ask this question to dads today. Dads, what's the rhythm of our day? What are the practices that we can put in place that will bring joy and fulfilment and purpose to us and also to the lives of those people around us, especially our kids? Because God's desire is that we would know him. Dads, your kids have a front row seat in seeing and experiencing the power of God at work in your life. And God knows that a a living and growing relationship with him is the ignition point of blessing for your entire family. Recently, I... um, I saw a friend and we were in a context where you didn't have to wear a mask. And so anyway, I could see her face. She was completely white and like looked distraught. And I said, oh, are you okay? Like you look like something's wrong. And she said to me, I just went to call my teenage daughter and I got her voicemail message. And she went on to describe what that uh, voicemail message said. And I just thought, it was the type of thing that would have made a late 90s hip-hop star cringe. Like, it was awful. And she just said, I'm just, I just don't know how I'm going to respond to this. Parenting of our children while they, were young, while they were young and especially formative is such an important role. It's full of challenge and reward, isn't it? And the call to bring guidance and discipline is a constant and ever-changing role that we need to take on as parents, and especially dads. And there's this crazy thing, isn't there? Just when you think you're getting good at, like, parenting your child, they grow out of that stage. Like, you think, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a great great parent of toddlers. Like, I've just got this now. And suddenly they've grown up and they're in primary school and all that stuff that you learnt isn't kind of applicable anymore. And so often the question is, what am I going to stand for? As a family, as parents, as dads, what's the behaviour, what's the, what's the heart, what's the character that we're going to be known for? And what's the passions and, and values we want to instil in the life of our kids? I read this story and really simply, that, you know, that we can be dads who stand for something when we pursue God wholeheartedly. And we pick this up in um, chapter 1, verse 4, and it says, Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat. That was like, um, you know, socially what they did at the time. They would take um, a beast like meat, an animal, and offer that as a sacrifice. And, And so he would give portions of the meat to his wife and to all her sons and daughters. Simply this, Elkanah wanted it to be a priority that he and his family followed God together. And he experienced that transformation came through doing exactly that, pursuing God together. Our society can hold up a catchphrase that we as parents, our role is to help our kids like be all they can be, which is kind of an admirable thing. 
And without God, without a relationship of, of, with a loving God who wants to form us and shape us, that, that's a great thing. But see, the goal of Christian, Christian parenting and being a Christian dad is even greater and even richer than that. The message that we embody is that the living God would be glorified in the lives of our kids. And so here's Elkanah. He, he involved his family, his children in every aspect of worship of God. And Christian families, we're, we're called to glorify God according to the gifts that he's blessed us with. No two families are the same. Maybe even with you, within your own family, no, no two kids are the same. They're all unique and different and God has gifted them in different ways. And dads, God has given us the responsibility to work out what it looks like for us to pursue God together as a family. Great and godly dads don't just bless their own family and their own children. They are a blessing to others, to other kids, to other families, to the church and the community that they're part of. And so after having their son Samuel, Elkanah and Hannah, they, they're both overcome with thankfulness and dedicate Samuel to God as a young child. And their declaration is this, God, we want this boy to serve you for all of his life and that he would follow you diligently with passion and with honour. And in, in uh, verse 22 and 23, we, we pick up the story and it says, after the boy was weaned, uh, this is Hannah speaking, after... After Samuel is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. And how's this for a response from Elkanah? Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. It's so amazing what Hannah saw in the life of her young son, Samuel. She saw in her son, the man of the future, the defender of the Christian faith and the restorer of pure worship for a people that kind of wanted to follow God but so easily got distracted with what, just what they wanted to do and became quite self-centred and selfish. Hannah was an incredible mum because she was full of faith and, and her faith could see future good down the track where people with unbelief or no belief wouldn't have been able to see a thing. And how's Elkanah's response? Hey, it kind, of, it kind of comes across as a little bit overwhelming, like do what seems best to you. And I'm sure a lot of that is in the tone, hey. But if you look back to the previous actions of Elkanah, like we talked about, his passion for worshipping God and for making it part of his daily routine and also incorporating his whole family into that, I just think his statement can be nothing but fully supportive. He's fully supportive of his uh, family worshipping God with sacrifice and wholeheartedness. And so Hannah's declaration that Samuel would go off and he would like apprentice, be an apprentice at the temple through his childhood and then follow God and be a priest, that that was a radical move because they weren't only forgoing the love and you know having their child right there as he grew and developed. They're also sacrificing in an agricultural community that, you know, there wouldn't be a strong son to help out with all the things that needed doing. And this simple exchange points to the special place that both mums and dads play in parenting. These brief couple of lines are an example of both mum and dad fully engaged in parenting their child. 
I, I think Hannah would have been thrilled that the dad of her child wasn't domineering or demanding or just set the agenda about something else, but actually listened to her and supported her in her faith. He didn't dismiss what God had put in her, but also he wasn't detached and disinterested. How easy is it after a, a long day, maybe any day at the moment, to detach ourselves, dad, dads, from family life and escape wherever it may be in, in social media, in technology, in sport, in just, in just, I don't know, detaching ourselves. And here's maybe a challenge for us today that God would ask us to be the dads who engage wholeheartedly in the lives of our kids. That we're not just going to be dads who's, who are happy to sit on the sidelines. Maybe the most, I don't know, challenging thing that some dads could hear today is that you just need to put down the remote. You need to engage with your kids. And maybe they need to be reminded that you love them. Because our own distraction and God's vision for what our kids, he wants to do in the lives of our kids, those two things can't coexist. Distraction is always going to rob us to some extent of the great things that God wants to do in us, in the lives of our children and through our family. I was reading this the other day and it said, Studies have shown that dads who are physically and emotionally engaged lead to increased cognitive development, emotional health and positive peer relationships in their children's lives. This points to God's great design for families to function with dads as active participants, not passive observers. And dads, there is such an important work for us right at home. And here's the declaration that both these parents make in verse 28. It says, So now I give Samuel to the Lord. For his whole life, he'll be given over to you, God. Just now, we're going to take a break for a moment and we're going to throw to a video that our media team have been working on. From a, uh, We're going to hear from a few dads in the life of our church about uh, their experiences and thoughts on this Father's Day. We'll be right back in just a moment. Enjoy. G'day, my name's Alex and I'm dad to Chayton. Hi, my name is Chris and I'm dad to Zef, Esme, Lola and Sullivan. Hi, my name's Matt and I'm dad to Finn and Toby. Hello, I'm Steve. I'm dad to three beautiful girls. I've got Daisy, seven, Lavender, four and Violet, ten months. How do I rate my home learning skills? Oh mate, ten out of ten. He is a brilliant learner. I also don't do anything. Okay, so I'm a teacher, a primary school teacher, so uh, home learning should come reasonably naturally. Maybe seven, because uh, my kids teach me how to use WebEx. <laughs> I find that my patience is normally run pretty thin and I have none left for my own kids by the time I get home at the end of the day. Well, as a teacher, and also due to the fact that my boys are not in primary school yet, I'm pretty confident in my remote learning skills. I'm not gonna rate it out of 10, but I would assess myself as being at standard, which is a little teacher joke there. It's tough, it's tough. So I'd rate it maybe, I don't know, maybe a six or a seven. Some days there's tears um, and it's not always her. 
that's crying. What have you learned about faith from your own dad? I've learned that faith's a commitment. Um, my dad's really been the model of a servant heart. He's been playing in the Salvation Army band for going on 60 years now. Rain, hail or shine, he'll be at band practice, he'll be at multiple services on a weekend, he'll be helping um, around the church with whatever needs doing. And, you know, I, I think that's just how I've learned. Um, that's what church is about and that's what having a faith is about. It's about being a community and contributing and doing what you can to look after others and help grow God's kingdom. So what have I learned about faith from my dad? Uh, I've learned that it's all about Jesus. Um, my dad was an Old Testament lecturer and he loved learning and teaching about um, just bringing everything back to what Jesus did on the cross. And yeah, that's what I want to pass on to my kids. Just um, making that time to talk to your kids. I think that's been really enjoyable lately, just giving dad a call and having a good chat to him. And I really hope that I can um, be there or I want to be there for my, my girls as they grow up as well, that they're willing to and happy to give me a call and just chat and have a talk. Uh, my encouragement to Christian dads would be um, open up those lines of communication with your kids as early as possible. Um, as a friend said recently, um, be a safe person so that you can have those conversations from an early age so you can keep having them later on in life. And also um, be, yeah, just be honest and ask for forgiveness a lot. Something about faith that I learned from a father figure is it's a bit like a tree. You've got to water it for it to grow. I really love that idea that I can demonstrate to my girls um, how much I love their mum and uh, my wife <laughs> and that um, I can be an example of the kind of guy that, um, that I'd love for them to meet one day and marry and, and um, have their own amazing marriage and um, amazing blessings from God. Be present, be active, be okay with making mistakes be a light and be a positive influence around your children's faith. Trust God has a plan for your kids. How good are those guys? Love it. Love it. I especially love the two lawnmowers and a set of uh, earmuffs while your child plays around in the yard. So good. As we return to our story about Hannah and Elkanah, it's here in our story we're almost given a kind of jarring comparison. And here we are introduced to another dad, Eli. Her, Eli the priest, who is father to at least two sons that we know of. And we meet Eli as young Samuel is going off to serve as Eli's apprentice at the temple. And Eli was a good man. He wanted to follow God passionately. And in the midst of surrounded by a bunch of people who were probably not doing the right thing, well, certainly weren't doing the right thing, he was honourable and he was a man of good character. And here's the jarring bit. In 1 Samuel 2.12, we read about Eli's own sons and it says this, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. What was really grieved Eli is the fact that they were priests themselves also. And so they were in positions of responsibility and authority where people looked to them and here they are behaving in a, just, oh, just an, a way that broke Eli's heart. 
And in verse 22, it says, Eli heard all about what his sons did and he responded to it and tried to address it. And sadly, it says, they didn't want to listen to their father. And here they were shortchanging God and they were insulting God with their attitude and their behaviour. And Eli grieved this and he was heartbroken. And Eli knew firsthand the grief and the heartbreak that some of you are facing where godly Christian parents doesn't always equal kids that desire a relationship with God. And if I can speak to you for a moment, if you're in this position, and I know you love your children more than anything in this world, and you would even give your life for them. And despite all the, all the great things and the, you know, you've deposited in their life, they've chosen maybe to push that away and aside. Can I encourage you today? If you're dealing with that heartbreak, with that grief, would you persevere in loving and praying and trusting in God that he loves them even more than what you do? That their story isn't over yet. You know, that by faithfully loving and caring for them, you would continue to make an impression on their life and trust that ultimately God is, is wanting to write a better story for your child than you ever can. And can you see the picture unfolding here? We have Eli, who on one hand is dealing with the grief and heartbreak of his own, his own children, his own family not wanting to pursue a relationship with God. And they're, they're adult age, and, but yet here at the same time, he begins to have influence on a young, formative Samuel who's serving as his apprentice. And Eli takes on the role of spiritual dad to Samuel with the same passion and honour and character that he's shown to his own sons. I was reading through this and I just think, this is incredible. Eli is the dad who takes the punches and keeps getting up. My encouragement for you today is even when you're dealing with disappointment, even when you're dealing with heartbreak, you can still be part of the incredible work of what God wants to do through you. You may have kids that are grown up. You may have kids that are grown up and not wanting to have a relationship with God. You, you may be part of church today and you don't have any kids of your own, but you would wish nothing more than to have some. And as I said, you may even be facing the same circumstances that Eli faced, where it's like your children want to be like demonstrative to all the you know, great stuff that you poured into them as a child, including the truth about who God is. Whatever your circumstances, whether you're a biological parent or not, you still have the opportunity to have tremendous impact on the children around you, to be a blessing to them, to their parents and to their families. I was thinking about in the church that I grew up in, just this week, I was just reflecting on how I had so many tremendous models of the Christian faith that weren't my biological parents. They're like the church aunties and uncles who were modelling incredible things for me. Some of them were the real up, upfront, vibrant ones and they served in youth ministry and they put up with me when I was an obnoxious teenager and so annoying. And then I, I, I think about, my mind goes to the people that modelled something incredible when I would rock up to church a few minutes before the service and there they were quietly in prayer. And it wasn't until years later on that I, you know, I found out that they were praying for people as they came into the service and that included me. 
And I'm so thankful for that. The church is so in need of mature believers who want to call out the good things they see in the lives of young believers, whether that be their own children or not. There's this incredible thing in high school where um, as you get older, on casual clothes day, it becomes more and more apparent and increasingly evident who got to pick their own clothes and who, was, who had their clothes picked out by their mum in that awkward age of like, hey, do you get to pick your own clothes or does mum still choose them? We come across this in chapter 2, verse 19, and it says, as Samuel grows up, each year his mum made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. It's kind of really random statement, like, okay, she's knitting this, making this, I don't even know, sewing, knitting, it's all a blur to me, not my, not my sweet spot. But here she is, she's making this robe each and every year so when they go and visit, as Samuel grows physically and matures, that he's got a new set of clothes. And these just aren't your everyday clothes, this is in his act of being an apprentice, And so some of you are probably thinking like, oh, this story sounds so familiar. Like a young man wears an outfit like his master and learns a new craft to stand against and overcome the odds. Why does this sound so familiar? Some of you are going like, oh, that's the story of the karate kid. Cobra Kai, that's exactly what it is. Picture this for a moment. Away from their son Samuel, Hannah spends nights working on this robe, on this clothing for Samuel. And when it came to presenting it, it wasn't just Hannah, it was Elkanah, the dad, who was right there as well. And dad was recognising and acknowledging and encouraging the growth of his child into a young man. I love the picture of that robe where the preparation and the care and the thoughtfulness that went into it, no doubt. It was like a physical symbol of what both these parents wanted for their child spiritually. And in their hearts, I imagine them praying and considering as this robe comes together, like, God, would you help us be the mum and the dad? Help us be the parents that equip this young child for their their next growth spurt spiritually. It wasn't just a physical act. Hannah and Elkanah were so just passionate about seeing their child grow spiritually and come to know God. And each year Samuel grows in in stature and in maturity and in relationship with God. And imagine that I can imagine the day where, you know, they've they've wrapped up seeing Samuel that for for the day and you know maybe Samuel turns to dad and he's like, Where's mum? Like, where's 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 mum, dad? Like Oh, she's, she's waiting over there like, oh, is mum's crying again, dad? Like, yeah, she's crying again, mate. Like, but they're not sad tears. They're kind of happy tears. Like. And as Elkanah fells, farewells Samuel as he continues his apprenticeship and Elkanah says like, your mum and I are proud of you. We love you. Continue to follow God passionately. Do everything God asks of you. I want to ask the question to us dads today. A new robe. What might God be challenging us to do to clothe and equip the growth of our own children spiritually? And dads, maybe you've never thought about it in this way or asked yourself that question, like what can I do right now 
What can I do right now that God's will is done as much as possible in the lives of my children? And the answer to that question, although probably similar for each of us as dads, is going to be unique to you. God knows your kids. He loves your kids. God knows you. He loves you. And God wants to equip you and provide for you to be the most incredible God-honouring dad that you can be. And so I want to wrap up by saying, dads, hope you have a great day. And, and may we together as dads model to our kids what it means to follow God wholeheartedly. And for those of you who are like dads in the life of our church, we want to say thanks. Keep on doing what you're doing. And for all of us, I want to read some words and finish with this. Some words I found as a, as a son talked a, a, a about his dad. And, and now as, an, as a grown-up, he was reflecting on the role that his dad had played in his life and helping him pursue God for himself. And as I read these words, may it be true for each and every one of us. And this writer said, He, he, my dad, set the tone of our home. And our home was a place of joy and honesty and comfort. And Jesus was there. And I never wondered if Jesus was the Lord of his heart or of our home. May that be true for each and every one of us. May I pray with you today. God, as dads, we want to parent our kids in a way that glorifies and honours you and grows them. And Lord, our prayer is that they would get, come to know you personally. For each and every person today, for the influence we have, Lord God, we ask that we would pe be people that when we see children around us, we would take on that role of spiritual parent and especially dads today, we pray. Give us good character, give us humility, give us courage and embody us with the character of Jesus Christ that we may pursue you well, passionately and may we play the part that you have for us in your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.